0: Hey everybody, this is Greg. Welcome back to uh, another podcast of Jesus and Coffee. Um, got me and Brother Kim to be the ones treating you today to we'll some, <laughs> some uh, Bible study here. And really, not really a Bible study, more or less kind of questions, answering a question. Um, uh, today, what we're going to dive into a little bit is um, miracles. Um, you see a lot of uh, people questioning, well, if the Bible is all full of miracles, then why? Why are there not as many today, or why do they not seem like there're as many today? um so we're gonna kind of talk about that and why they don't seem quite as big as they were um in the in the Bible in the scripture, so um once again, just just being me and Ken today, and uh let's get this thing rolling, kick it off to Ken like I always do.
1: <laughs> so I think probably maybe where the place where we better start with is maybe the interpretation of the word miracle. Oh, uh, if you go to Mark chapter nine is where we're going to start at there real quick. Uh, Mark chapter nine, verse 39. Here, um, you know, they were talking about someone doing something in the name of Jesus, but was not with them. And this is when J- Jesus pretty much lets him know anyone who's not against us is for us. So if you read in Mark chapter nine verse thirty-eight, it said, "And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us, um, and we forbade him because he followed followeth not us." So if you think about that right there, there's probably a little bit of conceit working on the disciples, you know, which all of us as human beings have a tendency to struggle with. But Jesus kind of straightens it out. He said. In verse thirty-nine, he said, "Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name, that can lightly speak evil of me." And so he's he's fixing. It. And when we look at the word um, miracle here, um, it comes from the Greek word dunamis, and what it means is it's force, specifically miraculous power, its ability it's abundance, it's meaning, it's might in either deed, work, power, or strength. It's wonderful work. So I think what people get hung up on, especially in the day and age that we live in, is I think they're wanting, you know, God to raise people from the dead, literal dead. You know, they're wanting God to raise people up out of wheelchairs, and he certainly does do those things. Um, but I think that the question is, why did he do it so much in the days of the apostles more so than he's doing it in this day? Uh, it, you know, if that's the question, I think that there's a lot of answers for that. Um, I think the first answer to that is the fact that he was doing a lot of miracles when he came because it was actually prophesied in the Old Testament that he would be doing those things, right? It also validated his connection with God, you know, because every time he did something like that, he always did it in the name of the Father. And so you see, you know, his ministry is... in isn't it kind of funny, Greg, how really we concentrate more on what he did than what he said
0: yeah have
1: you ever thought of that
0: i think that well yeah it is you know but sometimes i feel like the miracles that jesus did was to get the attention i think uh, i mean like the uh the beggar at the gate it was uh, once they were healed all he did was preach that's what he was doing to grasp the attention of the of the people um i've been reading uh, not so much in scripture about the subject but more or less articles you know mm-hmm. where like um kind of give me more of an outside outside perspective like what are what are people asking about miracles what are the what are the questions around them and uh, it's funny one of the articles I read it, it goes into start I didn't think about it this way, but there's actually not as many miracles as you think in scripture
1: it's
0: not. you know it's it seems I mean the book is very well written and there's there are miracles, but at the same time, it's not, they're not that many. Yeah. There's some big ones. I mean, some really big ones. And Jesus only healed. I mean, he only brought three people back to, life, you know, brought them from the dead, three of them. So there wasn't a never, you know, there's never really been a, um, uh, I guess, a a flooding of miracles in the scripture. Um, a lot of what you're reading is even spread out throughout years. You know, Jesus, what was it? Jesus, uh, uh, his ministry was roughly about three years long. About
1: three and a half
0: years. Ago. So in that time of his mir- ministry, the, all that stuff that he did that you read in each of the gospels was spread out over years. Although it seems like they're on top of each other, there's really not that much going on. Um, and I think people look at the Bible and they're like, oh my goodness, like why why isn't Jesus doing this in my life now? You know, And, and I almost feel like there's probably more miracles done today than there are in scripture times.
1: Yeah, you know, the the other thing about that is, and I, I really think it's you brought up a good point, you know, it was no doubt so people could see the connection that he had with God the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was able to work miracles. And you and you're exactly right. There's not as many as what people think that there are. It seems like there's an abundance, but the question when I want to ask you was it's funny that people know more about what Jesus did other than what he said. Right, I think the reason I ask that question is when he fed the five, the the two, you know, to me one of the greatest miracles is when he fed five thousand people with two fish and five loaves of bread. That's pretty phenomenal. To me, that's as that's as big as raising somebody from the dead, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. But you remember what the the second part of that, the same kind of miracle took place. There was four thousand that time, and Jesus pretty much said, you know, the only reason that you came to me. Was because, you know, you, you just wanted something, to eat. right? You go in the scripture, you look a little bit more. Jesus says, you know, if your eye offended you, offend you cut it plug it out. If your hand offend you, cut it off, because it's better enter into the kingdom of God, you know, blind or halt or maimed, you know, than to not enter at the all. Law. And so, he's not he's not placing a lot of Validation of who he was on what he did as much as what he said, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially in this day and age, you know, you have these faith healers. Oh, yeah. A lot of them have been, you know, all have been exposed as counterfeits, mm-hmm. um, which really is very detrimental to the work of God. Right. Uh, You look at Jim Jones and and the Guyana tragedy when he took over 600 people there down there and they killed themselves. I mean, there's so many examples of that. There's a place down in Lakeland, Florida, where a guy was doing the exact same thing. You know, people were being paid. You know, so it's funny that humans are more have to pay attention to what people are doing instead of what they're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I, I really feel like that's been a detriment to the work of God. Is God still doing miracles? Yeah, I've seen them. I've yeah. experienced them. I and, and I agree with you. I think God's doing more miracles in this day and age than he did in the morning time. It's just people don't see them as yeah. miracles. They don't consider them as miracles, you know. Right. Because it's not this. Um,
0: this Extravagant.
1: Yeah, yeah, this grandiose event that takes place that that solidifies him as the Messiah. He does not need to be solidified as the Messiah. You know, he didn't even need to be solidified as the Messiah. Then he was just simply fulfilling prophecy of the old Testament is what he was doing.
0: And scripture, uh, John 10 and 37, he says, he's talking to the Jews because they're, they're talking about him being a man and casting stones. And he said, if I do not the works of my father, you'll believe me. Not you won't believe me. He says, but if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. So just reiterating kind of what I was talking about is, you know, (laughs) that's what he's saying. They're like, well, you'll stone a man for being a man, but you're all of a sudden you do a work and now you're God, you know, and then he's responding like, well, if I didn't do this, then you're going to look at me as, oh, he's just a crazy old man out here just blabbering off you know
1: yeah and I, you know i think another point of that is is that one place in the scripture jesus told him he said it's an evil and wicked generation that seeketh the son because they were asking him you know do this for us and do that for us right oh yeah they wanted to manipulate his relationship with god the father in the works that scripture that you're reading there again it just goes back to the fact of i'm doing what my father asked me to do you know mm-hmm. and so it, when you for us today, I do feel like that God would be doing more for us if we weren't dealing with the thing that we deal with in this dispensation age that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. When you look at the opening of the seventh seal to the church of Laodicea, you, which is our age, that's mm-hmm. our age, you see that the prevalent condition is the spirit of lukewarmness, mm-hmm. So God, you know, he even says in his word, I would rather that you were either cold or hot because he can do one with either. He can do something with either one of those with lukewarmness. He can't because the person is truly in a, almost in a state of hypnotism, almost like a trance in thinking that they're rich and increased with goods and have of mm-hmm. nothing. And they're not. You know, they're not. And so Jesus, you know, talks about them anointing their eyes with eye salve. There's a lot of things that go on there. But then you read the opening of the seventh seal, and the Scripture said there was silence in heaven, in the space of a half hour. Mm -hmm. That that is not the heaven where God dwells. We know it's also not the celestial heaven, because the stars, the moon, and the sun are still shining. So where is he talking about there? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible said there'll be everlasting praise in the presence of God. So it's not like that it's it's in this ecclesiastical heaven. Mm -hmm. Because the experience for a lot of people who call themselves Christian is lukewarm. Yeah. And I honestly believe that God goes, I can't do anything with lukewarmness. I can Mm -hmm. help you if you're cold. I can do a lot for you if you're hot. But I can't do anything with Luke and I th- I think that silence of heaven is just the fact that he's not doing as much as what people would like to see him
0: do. Yeah, I feel like too that if I mean if if Jesus were here or if Jesus you know was doing these these um, magnificent magnificent you know healings and miracles now, it would just be like back then the reason he had not do it then was because they would have become numb to it just as we would today we'd be wanting the next best thing constantly the next best thing you know that's why he didn't heal everybody that's why he didn't bring everybody back to death and that's exactly why he doesn't do that now because with with the world that we live in now in my opinion is that you know we have so much that numbs us yes. takes that sensitivity away yeah. um that if if Every time I asked God for something, he answered. Then I would expect that answer. Yeah. What would be the point of continual prayer? What would be the point of fasting? What would be the point of reaching out to my brothers and sisters and be like, I need you to pray with me. I wouldn't need you to intercede for me because I can intercede for myself. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's another reason you're not seeing big stuff because Jesus and God, I mean, they're not going to do that.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much, you know, the 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 storyline of entitlement plays into um people today and feeling entitled you know i'll I'll just tell you these health wealth and prosperity preachers that's an entitlement oh yeah that's that's and it's no wonder you know that you know people feel like that that particular message is good and because they don't realize you know, that that's that's all being orchestrated by man. You know, the Bible doesn't teach us health, wealth, and prosperity. It teaches us suffering. Teaches I mean, the it's, it teaches yeah. the opposite. It teaches the exact opposite. And so I think modern Christianity today sees miracles as health, wealth, and prosperity. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that, you know, I'm not entitled because I'm God's son. Right you know, not in the sense of being entitled, there's benefits because Mm -hmm. the scripture said he daily loads us with his benefits. But you know, as far as is going to God and feeling like God owes me something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, there's people out there who come across that way. Like God owes them. God owes us nothing. He gave his only begotten son and his son did exactly what he's supposed to do. And that gave us the right to be able to be called his brother and give us benefits by i love my daughters i love them whenever they're just growing up but i didn't give them everything that i didn't give them everything they asked you know that's not good parenting and god's not going to do that for us either there's times that he gets glory out of suffering mm-hmm. if you look at the pool of bethesda there were five concrete porches there mm-hmm. they were full of impotent folk which means people lame, halt, diseased, there was one. Only one received healing that day. Yeah. And you, you wonder, you know, why didn't God allow Jesus just to go around and touch everybody? Wouldn't that be a greater miracle? I wonder if it was just the one who was willing to listen to him. Because remember what he did? He said, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. And he did, and it was the Sabbath. I wonder if the rest of them would have did that because they knew that it was against the law for them to carry their bed on the Sabbath. So I think miracles and even healings and things like that, it's not just about faith. It's about obedience. Yeah. You know, I'll give you a prime example. I was working with a guy. His his five-year-old daughter got cancer. She had it right up here on her head next to her temple. Uh Uh-huh. And it was was a large, large place. At first, you know, they didn't know whether it was a cyst, but they biopsied it, sent it off, and it was definitely cancer. Okay. So I remember him sharing that with me and being broken up, and and I come home. And I remember getting up the next morning, getting ready to go to work. And it's not probably, definitely was the first time I experienced what's called the spirit of prayer. Uh I got down to pray, and it's almost like God was kneeling beside me praying. It was just, you know, every time that happens to me, it's one of the greatest experiences you can ever have. But I was so burdened for that little girl and crying out to God. It's like God was there beside me saying, no, I'm going to heal her. So I went to work that morning. I didn't even punch in. I went straight to that boy and I said, hey, Can we come and have prayer for your daughter? Because God told me he's going to heal her. I mean, that's how positive I was. So me and a couple of other brothers went. We had prayer for her. The knot didn't go away. Um, But he took her to the doctor. And I was there. They they did the surgery. And the doctor had told her, told him that, you know, there was a way that they could tell, you know, what type of cancer it was whenever they got it out. They took it out. He comes out of the of the operating room, and the guy's just full of tears. And he said, I, the doctor stood there and said he don't know what happened, that it was biopsied, it was definitely cancer. But he said, it's not cancer, it's just a cyst. And I told him, I said, brother, God healed your daughter. No, the bump didn't get removed, but God still did what he said he was going to do. So I remember the next Sunday, he come to church with his family. They all come down the altar and we prayed with them i never seen him any after that. So, you know, what if, you know, God gave one of us the gift of healing and we walked through the hospitals and laid hands on people and people were getting up and walking and we were raising the dead. Wouldn't we really be any better off?
0: And what would we benefit Jesus at that point? Exactly.
1: What would be so I, I want to go back to saying, why are we paying so much attention to what he did instead of what he said? What he said is the real healing. It's the real miracle. And what he said, yeah, what he gave us in his word through his spirit. Don't get me wrong. God still does miracles. I mean, absolutely 100% does miracles.
0: You know, I feel like, the, you know, just like you're saying, uh, with miracles, I mean, I think the real miracle happened on Calvary. Absolutely. Cause you can't tell me that four measly little gospels are still saving almost 2000 years later. And there's no miracle. And just, so, I mean, if you take the rest of the scripture away and we literally have just the four Gospels. Yeah. They've done more work. The one verse, John 3.16, has brought more people That's to right. their knees than anything else in the entire scripture. You know, all the other miracles, you know, the the book of Acts, you know, the history book in the New, New Testament. It's, it's yeah. great. All It's fantastic to watch all those people come to Christ, you know, become Christians and, and the church grow and grow and grow and grow. And grow. But the biggest thing that they were preaching was the gospel. Right. They were turning around and talking about things that hadn't even been written yet. You know, and um, it's, you know, people focus so much on, well, you know, for example, Brother Shane. Yeah. You had had the uh, pancreatic cancer and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. We, But I think the miracle is that that cancer kills in three months, maybe six months if you're. Super lucky.
1: Yeah.
0: But he lasted a year.
1: Absolutely.
0: He had time with his family. He had time to do things he wanted to do. He had time to be with his kids, you know, and I think that's the miracle. And unfortunately, I mean, you know, we lost Brother Shane, but good night. The dude's testimony. I mean, we had a choir not what, two, three months before he passed? Yeah. And he was still singing. Yeah. As best as he could get up there and do it. And that's the miracle. It is that he made it past. He beat the odds. Jesus brought him past the odds to show that, hey, listen, here's your testimony.
1: You know, it's it's funny. I'm not trying to correct you. I would use the exact same language. I would say, you know, we lost him. But when we really put thought behind that, we really didn't lose him. We gained him, mm-hmm. you know, because we're working towards getting to where he is, yeah. which is really the miracle of life. I mean, out of all of it, right? You know, I want to share another incident. There was a girl who was coming to church. She had two twins, and one of the youngest twin got Scotty e. Coli, mm-hmm. and she was down at Baptist Baptist Children's Hospital. And I got my wife and I got so burdened. We drove down there that night after I got off of work, and her hemoglobin had fell so low that they were going to have to give her a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. They had checked it many times, many times, and brother. You know, right before they got ready to take her in there, the doctor said, Let's just check her hemoglobin one more I mean, it was extremely low. He said, Let's just check her hemoglobin one more time before we go in there because the blood trans she was two and a half, three. Pretty serious oh, yeah. deal to do a blood transfusion, right? Check her hemoglobin. A doctor come out and said, Hey, I wanna, you know, I wanna see whoever was with her and he come out to me he says i've never seen this he said it's this is a miracle that was his words right here again those folks aren't serving god you know and have so many stories like that really great where you know you look at the 10 lepers here we are in god's word right and and he said go show the priest and they all take off but one of them stops, you know, and he decides, I need to go back and worship him. And he goes, When he come back to worship him, that one leper who come back, he said, Where's, where's the nine? He said, Where's the other nine? W- weren't there ten? And, and, and the one leper, you know, he's like, I don't know where they're at. I don't care where they're at. Yeah. I, I came back to worship you. And Jesus' words in that passage of scripture said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Wasn't he whole before he was healed? Right. I mean, wasn't he whole before he came back to Jesus? I mean, the leprosy was gone. What was missing? What was the whole part, the inner part? It yeah. was the inner man that was healed when he came come back to worship Jesus. Because, look, you know, God may provide the gift of healing for one of us. You might lay hands on somebody. You know, you might have been able to lay hands on Sister Connie or or Brother Shane, and the, and the cancer go away. They're still going to die. Yeah. You know, we're not going to keep anybody here forever. The longing for us is is to keep them here forever. So let's look at the real miracles that take place. The miracle of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. The miracle of, you know, being able to defeat the habits of life through Christ. You know, the miracle of being able to forgive. Do you know, I believe forgiveness can truly be a miracle. Can you imagine, you know, I read a story. A lady was raped. The guy gave her AIDS. She was dying, and she had two kids, husband. And she actually requested to see that man and told him that she forgave him. That's a miracle, Greg. That within itself is truly a miracle. We just, you know.
0: Yeah, I'd read a story similar to that in, um, in Africa. The, um, the, guy, the guy was robbed. And beat him. I mean his heart stopped. You know, he came back to life. They brought him back, whatever. And in the hospital, the they, they called him constable. You know, they came in and was like, Well, we we know who it is. We need to go charge him. The church was wanting to charge him. That he was he was actually a church service and stepping outside and that's when it happened. And uh he said, No, 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 just bring him to me. Don't take him to jail, bring him to me. And forgave him yeah for everything he had done. I mean, this happened minutes, you know, hours before this all went down and the, the gift, you know, because I think, he you know, if, if he would have died, you know, or healed, any, any kind of healing would not have been to save that other man's soul. But the fact that that dude wanted to forgive him.
1: Right.
0: Could have saved that man's soul, you know, and that's the gift. That's the miracle, because it's not a miracle about getting saved. It's a miracle about making it. Absolutely. Crossing Jordan, making it home, Absolutely. you know. But it's it's wild it's so humbling you know it is very to hear that
1: yeah but i think it puts it in the right perspective mm-hmm. now, don't get me wrong i've seen plenty of miracles i mean i've witnessed them with my own eyes witnessed them with my own kids mm-hmm. you know and they've been divine you know there's there's been no other way that you could explain other than god moved mm-hmm. um you know i just feel like that we live in a very um tangible focused christian that it's all that it is all about the works. Mm -hmm. you know it is but you know the scripture said that works without faith is dead and faith without works is dead they run hand in hand um and i think the greatest work that we can do is to to share those gospels like you're talking yeah god will do special things for us if you're one of his children he will do special things for you if You're walking close to him and you're obedient, you're not lukewarm, and you love him with your whole heart, he will do special things for you. But here's the thing. If you're not doing that, he's not required to. You know, do we honestly think that a a good father rewards bad behavior? Right. He's not going to do that. You know, so... I truly believe when the scripture says he daily loads us with his benefits, that that's exactly what he does. He loads us up with his benefits. One of those benefits is healing. One of those benefits is miracles. I mean, you know, it, I literally could write a book.
0: Yeah. I have I don't know here recently. I've learned more about, or I've not learned more, but I focus more on that childlike faith, you know, keeping that childlike faith. And I think, as I've, as I've grown and grown in age, not necessarily in Christ, but as I've grown in age, you know, a lot of things become jaded. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of life makes you jaded and you're like, man, this makes you hard to, toward certain things. And so like at 33 years old, I'm having to remember through my kids eyes, what it's like to be that resilient child, you know? Right. And, you know, this morning we had a fantastic service and i was sitting in there. And I was holding, you know, My daughter grabbed me and so i picked her up and holding her and she just lays her head down and sometimes i feel like when we go to the altar that's what jesus is doing to us or god is doing to us is simply just patting us on you're just holding us exactly and if god never did anything else in my life for monetarily physical anything like that just that one feeling of him coddling my soul yes sir is enough. Yeah. That oh yeah, absolutely. And that to me is more of a miracle than if he dropped a million in my truck and walked out there, you know, um, I mean, I'm not mad if he did, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that I would, I would feel more, feel more of a connection with God on stuff that he like, it's like with my kids, my kids enjoy, it's fine. I can take them to the store and buy them anything they want, but, that toy and the packaging of that toy will be thrown by the wayside by that evening. Right. But it's the time that I spend with, them. Hey dad, you want to go swinging or you want to go jump on the trampoline or you want to go run around blah, play tag. The things that I don't have to pay for mean more to my kids than the things that I've bought. And I feel like with Christ, the things that Christ isn't giving you the know, God's not given me, you know, the time that God spends with me means more to me. Right than anything he's ever given me. Absolutely.
1: I was thinking whenever you said that, uh, you know, our girls are grown. You mm-hmm. know, you will be thirty five, Kelby be twenty four. That's the distance between them. I don't know that I've ever heard him talk about, you know, a favorite toy other than maybe just Barbie dolls, which girls mm-hmm. all play with. But I doubt that they could go back from the time they were seven till they were sixteen. And remember a special gift that they got for the birthday. A special mm-hmm. gift that they got for the holidays. I doubt they could do that. You know what they do? Go back and talk about? You know, my my daughter Anna was we went and had lunch with her today. you know, she was talking about, you know, daddy used to go on revivals all the time. And one thing I remember, you know, is he he would say, Now girls help clean up. You're gonna have to help clean up. And she said, we always knew that that was part of it, you know, how she wasn't saying it as a bad thing. She was saying it as a memory of Mm -hmm. something good, you know. And so if if our kids, when you talk about getting that certain thing and then laying it to the side, the nuance of that is gone Mm -hmm. very, very quickly. But I think of the scripture where it says, though, the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed. Mm -hmm. I want to say that again, renewed, renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. So it's something new with Christ every day for us. The very simple story of, you know, your daughter laying her head on your shoulder mm-hmm. and God speaking to you through that very simple act, in and of itself is a miracle.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And it has to be seen as a miracle. It has to be testified of as a miracle. And it has to be shared as a miracle.
0: Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, that's the childlike faith that I've been dealing with. You know, I feel like God's just beating it in my head. It's just, you know, everything. I try to see, you know, how my kids like, my daughters are sweet, but at home they're insane. They're wild. You know, one can go from zero to a meltdown. They take after. Them. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to say grandparents for sake, I got to go home. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I've, I've sat there and I've, I've thought about, you know, I was thinking about this morning, you know, why I listen to people testify and I listen to, you don't hear a lot of people in our church testify about physical things. It's, it's a situation. Yeah. And I sat there, for example, yesterday, um, my oldest daughter, she really enjoys having her meltdown, you know, and she has that meltdown. She has a hard time coming back. Uh it rare it, it will literally it'll be like I'm mad about this and then now this is wrong and this is wrong and it just continues to snowball. And so I take her to a room yesterday and uh sit her on my lap and I just hold her. And she's still crying and sobbing. I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, you know, what if we did this, you know, and just start consoling her, you know, trying to trying to talk to her and let her get it off her chest. Once again, God's faithful to me at the same moment, you know, this is what I do when you're kicking against the pricks. You know, this is what I'm doing. You know, it's not me, you don't cast me aside. He don't send me to my room with a good old butt whooping and say, here you go. No, he, he sits there, sits me on his lap and he tries to let me console and work itself back out, you know? And I'm just like, that's a miracle to me that God would show me that instead of me just living my life. I could, I mean, to the non-save, that would just be them trying to love on their child. Right. But the fact that God uses that same situation to show me, this is the childlike faith that I'm beating into your brain day in and day out, is that you, I do this stuff for you. This is what the fathership is for me to you, you know? and And it's just, it's awesome to be able to have those moments where I can look back and say, you know, this is what God does for me. This is how he treats me. But you don't see it in the moment because you're mad, you're frustrated. Um, I've <laughs> overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. You get. I mean, you get the anxiety of things. You're like, oh, the preacher wants me to go hook a sign up. I have ten days to do it. He's even bringing it up in sermons, you know. And and then I'd get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, I would too because I got it done in ten days. Um, but you know, and but that just you know, not that that's adding pressure to me, but you know, I got nine million other things to do. And you're like, oh, my goodness. But when you complain in your head about all the stuff you have to do, God's just sitting here, okay, you know, I'm giving you stuff to do. You know, every opportunity I have is a chance to, you know, throw that extra thank the Lord in there or uh, see you later, brother, you know, um, just different things like that. And I just I really appreciate God for those small miracles more than, okay, I've got a work van, but I'm going to have to work to pay that work van off. Thank the God. Thank the Lord that. He's given me those opportunities to pay the thing off, you know, so I do appreciate those miracles more so than the physical and the monetary things he does give.
1: I was sitting and I was thinking about when we talked about people being raised from the dead, you know, and we talked about them not paying attention more so to what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't walk up to the tomb of Lazarus and not say anything. He said, roll the stone away. There's power in that. Mm-hmm. There's a miracle in that itself because you know our lives are buried. We're buried in sin, and and they were, you know, sealed in mm-hmm. sin. Well, he made a way of escape for that, and he said, "Roll that stone away, roll that burden away." Miracle in itself is being able to say no to sin, mm-hmm. and even more so, it is. um Not just being able to say no to sin, but then he says, you know, he speaks again and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in that word, it's the word, it's what he said that made the difference. Mm -hmm. And he raises us from a dead sinful state Mm -hmm. into new life why isn't that like the greatest miracle that you could ever see? You know, why is it that we have to see, you know, people get up on a wheelchair? I'm thankful for those things. You know, those things are miracles within themselves. But, you know, I just want to reiterate to us again, because I think it's really, really important for us to understand that um, there is still going to be the normal stages of life once they receive that physical healing mm-hmm. and how horrible it is to be one of the nine instead of being the one. Yeah. And think of the odds. That's a 10th. That's 10. That's 10%. Mm-hmm. That's pretty low. Yeah. It's no wonder that he says straight is the gate and narrows the way and few there be that find it because more of us are looking for those tangible things. Drop a million dollars in my van. Yeah. Um, can you work it out to where I can, you know, win the lottery? All those are tangible things. Mm-hmm. What is a greater testimony to be able to take a hundred dollars and do three times as much with it with somebody who has three times the amount of a hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. What's the greater terrible? Right. If those things don't happen to us in our lives, then how can God be manifest? Yep. And then the other, you know, where you only got a hundred dollars and God stretch it. They're suffering in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, if you had a million dollars in your bank account, you wouldn't be worried about paying off a million. You know, if we had two million dollars in the bank account here at the church, we wouldn't be worried about trying to get the money together and do the projects we're doing. Yeah. When we suffer long, he suffers long with us, and there's greater reward in it. We feel, you know, it, it feels like God is doing it. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. Brother Toa C, who was the the pastor at White Pine for years, you know, before he had uh contracted Alzheimer's. Right. Um, it's it's amazing, man. They after he got Alzheimer's, there was a brother and he had the best intentions. You know, he got all the ministers together and, and they said, Okay, what can everybody give ever?" And and he was trying to pin the pastors down right then to say you know what what can you give her and I didn't feel comfortable with it you know I couldn't speak for the congregation and say oh well we're going to give a thousand dollars a month I couldn't do that you know I, we've always made those decisions as a body, so I felt impressed to share the story with him that Brother C had shared with me and I don't know I don't think any of them knew it he had a twenty thousand dollar project to do. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get it done before camp meeting. And it was important. So he had a little lumber store down the road from him that gave him a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. And so he went down there and got $16,000 worth of materials Mm -hmm. and did not have the money. And he said to me, he said, God told me to go get it by faith that he was going to supply. Mm -hmm. So he goes and gets it. He has to pay the bill every month. Two weeks later, less than two weeks later, he got a check in the mail for $20,000. Goodness. Is that a miracle? Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's a miracle. Oh, yeah. You know, is it somebody being raised from the dead? No. No. But I think the times that I've prayed when doing something for God's work and it not rain is a miracle. Yeah, I think at times whenever God has spoke to me and said, "This is what I want you to do," and I go do that, and He blesses me for it, that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. I think every time I come in here and sit with people and get a child opportunity to worship with them, that's a miracle. Yeah, I think every message that's ever brought forth under the anointing of the Spirit of God that helps people to grow in their experience with Christ is a miracle. Oh yeah, you know, I think a child is a miracle. Yeah. Just in within themselves, they're a miracle. We just don't look at the right things anymore.
0: Yeah. We're so desensitized to so much. And, and I mean, even the, even disciples who are with Jesus day in and day out grew desensitized to <laughs> Jesus's miracles. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he would go on times where he would leave them without for a long time. They would ask, well, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to feed these guys? You know? Don't worry about it. Yeah. You've seen me raise people from the dead. Why are you worried about how these people are going to get fed?
1: You yeah. know? Our faith is not going to be increased by God raising someone from the
0: dead. It'll bandage the immediate.
1: Our faith is increased by our constant, yeah. our constant worship, our constant prayer life, our constant sacrifice. That's what increases our faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, imagine whenever Jesus said ministry was over that there was only 120 people solid. Yeah. All that he did, mm-hmm. all that he did really great, 120 people. It doesn't even seem right. I mean, we know he fed 9,000. Mm-hmm. Couldn't there at least been 1,500? 1, yeah. 120 people, less than a tenth. Yeah. Probably around 1% maybe of the people, the lives that he touched and did things for, 120 people. But I'll guarantee you this. That one leper was probably one of those people.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well was probably one of those people. The 12 disciples, probably one of those people. And you're going to find that, you know, the man at the pool of Bethesda, probably Mm -hmm. one of those people, right? Yeah. Those people that he did miracles for, but they took it spiritually is what made a difference. And I still believe that one of the reasons why God is not, why we feel like God is not doing as much as he is, which he is, I appreciate your comment. He's doing just as much as he ever was, if not more. We're we're just recognizing it in different ways. But if you go back and you look at those people's lives and the spiritual message that they brought that changed the world, Mm -hmm. right? We, We just think about the healing of the man of the pool of Bethesda. You know, but you read the after story. It
0: was the words he said. Yeah, your whole.
1: Yeah, and and not only that, you know, he the the, the Sanhedrin, the the priest challenging, what are you doing carrying your bed on the Sabbath? He said he told me to carry my bed. He said, who is he? he so I don't know his name. I don't want. To, I don't even know. know his name. I'm going to do what he told me to do. Yeah. Again, you see Jesus say many times, I've never seen this amount of faith in all of Israel. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't based on the healing. It was based on obedience. So I appreciate the subject, brother.
0: Absolutely. Um, Okay. So I guess in closing, we're going to go over a few few things, Lord willing. I know we've had this conversation a few times now, but uh, we are going to try our best to stick to it. Pray that the Lord uh, keeps uh, these tripping stones out from in front of us here so we can stay on path. Uh, we are going to try to get more on a schedule so that you're not waiting three or four months at a time to have a new podcast. Um, Scott's a very busy man, so when he dips out, then that's what we're going to end up doing is we've discussed, uh, we're going to bring in some other people, um, bring in some other brothers, some sisters, uh, you know, I'm sure you remember the podcast with Brother Ken's wife. Um, so we'll probably have more of her, more of people coming in that just feel like they can bring something to the table and that's what we're here for is we're we literally are just trying to move the kingdom forward um and clear up the the negative connotations around the church uh discuss hard things that come up in the church and outside of the church um you know we've we've tackled racism we are gonna we are gonna give you a part two to that we promise but um the family that we had you know the tyler's they're very busy. They got multiple weddings coming up in the next six months. So we were going to give them a break and we'll just work through some other things until we can get them back in. But, uh, we look forward to putting more subjects on the table, um, bringing more to the table and having more conversations about this and maybe hopefully having coffee on one of these podcasts. Cause we've, we've yet to actually have coffee. While talk about, yeah. We'll probably just do coffee. Yeah. yeah just, um, it's just funny to me so uh sugar free. yeah sugar sugar free I'll just drink some black coffee that'll get me going but anyway um we appreciate you uh share anything you can if you have any questions reach out to us through our uh you can go through the iTunes uh, we'll be sharing this through our Facebook page there's a way to get back to us on our RSS feed uh, we appreciate you we love you very much have a good day